old vines. Let's do some bonus. Hello again. Another ginormous pod, which I've just recorded in the space of six and a half days. Well, I did very small parts before Christmas, before I went off for a couple of weeks of holiday. Well, holiday, visiting family. But I didn't want... For these large pods, I always want to do them as compressed as possible so that I keep my pacing and the voices and my narration voice as constant as possible. And that's easier if you don't have breaks in between or if you don't like do one chapter a day and do it over a month. So I've taken a week off, as I am prone to do, and recorded like six to eight hours a day. Minus the small bits I've recorded before Christmas, which was all of the small character voices and all of Aziraphale's prose, because that was even better to get consistent across all of the chapters. So I'll edit that in from a separate recording as I go through. So, as always, why this fic? And as always, my first response is, have you read it? Have you listened? It's fucking gorgeous. And I actually made a list as I was recording just to make sure that I captured all of the things I love about it. So I'm just going to go through these and then I have some extra stuff that I want to talk about as well. I think the first thing that really fascinated me about this one is the feeling it created in me. And the German term for that is Fernweh, which is um, basically missing being away from where you are. I think the English translation would be Wanderlust, Wanderlust, but that doesn't quite capture the same thing for me. But it basically made me Google everything and all the photos and videos about the Russian River Valley. And I'd, I'd really just have to go and travel there at some point, whenever this pandemic will let us do that sort of travel again in a safe way. But that's what it did. It made me want to go there. It made me want to experience new places. It made me want to look through and wander vineyards and taste even more wine, which is another thing that I loved about it, obviously, the wine theme. Because I love wine myself. I'm actually more a South American red kind of girl, but Californian wine is nice too. They don't have Carmen there, that's their only, <laughs> their only negative about them. But I do love wine and I do love the way it's described here and I do love the way it all comes together, the way the whole process is described. I think I learned quite a lot about winemaking, not I think, I know I learned quite a lot about winemaking as I read it the three times I have it so far. And that was... That was really, really fascinating and delicious. And I don't know how many bottles I've opened while reading it. <laughs> I drank one while recording because figures while recording the best thing to drink is actually either hot milk or hot tea with milk. 
because the milk keeps your vocal cords intact, because it makes it all nice and slimy, which it needs to be in order to stay consistent. I've also learned a lot about how to maintain my voice by now, which means that at the end of six and a half solid days of recording, I can still talk and I'm not hoarse, and that's more than I have done in previous recordings. So well done me. Other things I loved about this one, that central theme of self-discovery, is that the right term? What Aziraphale goes through? And this, this pivotal scene where he has asked, or asks himself, what do you want? Warlock consistently asking him, what is it that you want? Tell me what you want. Just don't let things happen because you think that's how it's got to be. What do you want? And that has resonated with myself personally quite a lot. Not because I'm so good at lying to myself. I don't think that's my issue. But I can relate to having to figure out what it actually is that you want as opposed to what you are currently doing and just staying there because it's comfortable. Again, not quite where I am, but I am in a point in my own career as well where I have to make active decisions about where I want to go. I've got options, I've got, you know, sufficient degrees and experience and marketable skills. I can, to a degree, pick what I want to do, or, you know, where I apply and see who takes me in the end. But I, you know, I have options. But I don't know out of all the things I could do what it is I actually want. Oh, well, I know what skills I want to use and what I enjoy doing. But finding the exact combination of those things in a job that would actually be good for me isn't necessarily so easy. So this journey of Aziraphale to explore what he wants and figure out what is bad in his life and how to get rid of that. That I can very much relate to. And that I think is a really important story to tell as well. Because I think there's quite a lot of people out there who just keep going and doing what they're doing because it's what they've always done without necessarily reflecting on whether that's actually the right thing to do or the healthy thing to do or whether there are other options. And I appreciate that not everyone in this in this position and actually has options. But when you do, it's so much better to make that an active, conscious decision than just letting it happen. And and that was a good a good motivation to do this one. And then of course there is the prose. Oh my lord, the prose in this. Did I mention that I recorded Aziraphale's prose all in one long, well, actually two long sessions, because it's so much it took two hours. Just Aziraphale's prose, the parts of his actual book. And it's so stunningly beautiful and emotional, and and I love it to pieces. And I'm actually, well, it, it made recording everything in... In, in six days easier having recorded a couple hours up front but it's kind of a shame that I didn't get to record it again because it was just so good but I'll get to edit it all in one large stream and that's very nice too so it was the prose of Aziraphale but obviously it's well, <laughs> for us it's Aziraphale right and it will, it will have been for you if you've listened to the pod but 
obviously it's all by the same author and I think the style shines through in so much of the other fic as well. I think it did it it did a really fantastic split because the between the different viewpoints and the characterizations how Crowley tells the story and swears the whole time like all of the fucks and shits and everything and I love swearing I do it all the time and all the time in private as well which people don't necessarily appreciate but doing that in the narration and just making that such a crowly thing is is really, really refreshing. And then Azira fell obviously with all of his self-denial, uh, let me say. And the way he finally, finally gets around to actually understanding that maybe the way he's been going about things wasn't ideal and reflecting on that and that inner monologue. Ah, it's all so good. And then the tasting flights where you get to meet and, and, and peek into everybody else's heads as well. It's just charming. So the pros. My beta grin has told me that this isn't the kind of story she can read. It is a story that would need to be read to her. So here I am reading a story just so grin can enjoy it too. Not just just so, but um, Grin, I hope you enjoyed this one. Um, <laughs> it was kind of the, the last bit that nudged me over actually doing it and taking it on as a huge project for this year. It's one of two massive pots I'll be doing this year. And I've done this like, it's the 9th of January now, so I've done this at the very beginning of the year. And you will hear this at probably the end of August. So that's the the pipeline I have these days. I've recorded for six days. I will edit for about six-ish weeks, but that's because I also have a full-time job. And the first four months of my year will be absolute hell at work. So this is what I will do to relax. And note to self, when I get to editing this, probably sometime end of February, hang in there. You can do this. What other things did I want to talk about? Some of the interesting challenges in this one were the languages, actually, in, in many different ways. The fic, as opposed to, I think, pretty much everything else I've recorded, is set in America. And that's... I thought long and hard about how I was going to do the voices and how I was going to do the narration and what tweaks I maybe needed to make to the script to signify the differences. Because when you read something, it's much easier to go back and get some context than it is when you're listening, because you can't just do a control F and search the last time this term was mentioned or you know, look three paragraphs back to see what has been said before to contextualize what you're looking at now. And one of the things, for example, that I did is put in the degree Fahrenheit as opposed to just say degree, because everything else, good omens that I've read, well, podded, was, well, set in European culture. And much as the UK uses the imperial measurement system and miles and feet that I 
hate, even though I am a Brit, they don't use Fahrenheit. Nobody here does. And talking about 60 degrees without context, I thought wasn't going to go well. So I've put that in, for example. Another thing that I've done, and that's a direct result of discussions on my home Discord, is removed nearly every single mention of the word dumb. Because, and I think that's also an American thing, though it, it's done in other countries, but I primarily hear it used so casually in American English. Because it's actually quite an ableist insult. And I didn't know that, because I don't know whether it has the same connotation in German. Maybe I would want to look would want to look that up, but I haven't. But I have been educated and I'm trying to live up to things that I learn. And what I've learned about the term dumb is that it used to be used for a medical condition, basically people hard of hearing or, or, or deaf people, but in a very derogative sense. And the fig used it a lot more than it than the pot did because I've gone through, found every single use of it, control F, it's so nice when you're scripting in text, and replaced it with whatever sounded most sensible. I've left it in only where it actually referred to speech impairment. And I hope that I've done that justice, and I'm putting that into this talk because I think I learned it, and maybe other people want to learn about it too. So... Ableist language. Don't use it. Dumb is not a nice word to use for people when you're referring to actually them being stupid. Other things about language. The differentiation between wine and vine. Wine for the drink and vine for the plant was a nightmare. And it's fucked me over so many times. Because actually... Vine, the plant, is exactly the same pronunciation as Wein, the drink in German. So in English it's Wein and Wein, and the Wein is Wein in German. It's melting my brain, even now talking about it. It's horrible. Because every time I say either of the words, I have to stop and double-check with myself that I've actually used the right pronunciation for the right word. And every time I say Wein, I'm like, oh shit, did I just actually say the German word or did I say the proper English one? And mm, messing with my head in a, you know, in a challenging way, not in a negative way, but it it's been fucking with me for the last six days, and that has to be acknowledged. The other part about the fic being set in America is that usually there are only two characters that I play with an American accent. And that is Gabriel, obviously, and Anathema. Now, for some reason, most of the characters that are canonically British seem to have been maintained as British, but it wasn't actually mentioned for all of them. So we know that Crowley and Aziraphale and Adam are immigrants, and Warlock has sort of switched between the countries, 
but we don't really know about the rest of them. I've opted to preferably maintain the voices I use for the default characters that I do the way I used to do them, rather than give them all an, an American accent. Because that would have just made it so much harder. I've had a real... I've thought for four weeks about how I was gonna voice Warlock. Because of that partially American, partially British, so travelled in between, what, what accent would you end up with if you grew up like that? I assumed probably a mix of both, and I've, that's what I've been aiming for. And so if Warlock doesn't always have a consistent accent, that is the reason. That is intentional. Well, it's intentional in that I didn't give him either specific one. I just swapped depending on mood, depending on who he was talking to, depending on what circumstances he was in. The other thing about Warlock was, Warlock isn't one of the people I had like it default voice for. There's a handful, or at least, at least, I think at least by now about 10 or so characters that I just read in character on the fly. Like Crowley and Taziraphale, I don't record those separately, I just do them because I know their voices in my head. The same goes for Tracy and for Pepper, for Gabriel, Anathema, Newt, some others, but not Warlock. But Warlock was such a huge, I think he was the third or fourth largest part, character part in the whole story. He came up in like over half of the chapters and I did not want to record all of that separately. It would have been a nightmare editing that in, which is one of the main reasons I do these default voices, because I don't have to edit so much. And so I've spent... I finished the script for this part in early December. And from early December to early January, I've been wondering what on earth I do about Warlock. And ultimately, I went with, Warlock is actually just a version of me. And I tried to keep him as close to my natural voice as I could, with a slightly American accent that I don't usually have unless I'm talking about stuff that is sort of, that I learned about from American media, because that's just how I would know the pronunciation. And I'm a, a tiny little bit worried that he might not be consistent enough. But again, some of the inconsistency is intentional. And I hope I did him justice, because actually I think one Warlock is the not quite unsung, but maybe underappreciated hero of the whole story. The way he supports us and not just him in the right places. And it's just unashamedly himself. And I think that's something to aspire to, which is why I really wanted to lend him my own voice. Maybe I want to be Warlock for once, rather than anybody else. So... That's all I have. <laughs> I think that's also enough. You've listened to me ramble on for long enough. I hope you enjoyed the pod. As always, it's been a pleasure recording it. It will be a pleasure editing it. And by the time you get to this, I'll probably be done with the next huge pod because at the end of August, I'm not going to do another huge recording of this size. 
before Christmas probably. So I'll probably be working on either Fire and the Flood or Shotgun Wedding, though Shotgun should already be done by the time this goes out. We'll see, and you'll hear, and I will hear you around and leave you with a bunch of bloopers because they are inevitable in projects this size. So hear you around and enjoy. His thumb is tracing a gentle line and it may as well be scorching through Crowley's jeans. He's not wearing jeans. He's wearing a trouser, like, like, suit pants. I hate motorcycles. I do. At least drive past. Don't stop hovering here. <sighs> hate, 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 hate them. And then licks a hot raw stripe up the base of Crowley's cock. Of Crowley's stick. Cock is nicer here. But who can be normal when it's AZ's felt? To be allowed to do this, to bring Aziraphale pressure. Pressure? I think one of the reasons why I like this fic so much is because there's so much cursing. It's so fun to read. Anathema narrows her. <clears throat> Anathema. Ah, uh, voice, don't go. It's the first recording of the day. Wake up, more like. It's this beat-up little junker Honda Fit. Bright orange, of course. And he calls it Bilko Vega for some absurd reason. Anathema absolutely resists asking about the names or googling them. She's afraid she might have to dump Newt purely from whatever pun he's making. I don't know, I just googled Bill Corvega just to find out whether that's actually how you, how you pronounce it and I couldn't find anything. So whatever it is, if there is a pun, I'd like to know because to me it is a mystery, it's just a random name. Apocalypse 2019, the final vintage of ecstasy. Ecstasy? <laughs> Nearly. She stared down worse than Crowley when she got her doctorate. Dr. Anathema device. I love that. Azira felt smiling at him as if as if the sh 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 Novocaine? Is it like cocaine? Come schon vor. Soldenders? Why the fuck are you so slow? I'm just trying to play a fucking sound file. Most wineries don't open. Most wineries don't open. The the the. Azira felt catches him shout. Sh shelf. As if that's an absolutely negligible, an absolutely negligible, an absolutely negligible, an absolutely negligible amount of. But what comes with him is anathema, not anathema, is anathema. This is one of a very few things he can do with a plum. Aside from sucking cock. What about that place you're all... What about that place you're always white... You're always... What the fuck? Gabriel is so hard sometimes. Primarily because 
you can see me acting Gabriel as much as you can hear me doing it, which means that there's a lot of hand-waving and bolstering going about. And, well, if you have to wave around your hand, which holds your phone, which has the script, it's really hard to keep to the text. Gaziraphel <laughs> wishes Gabriel wouldn't speak so many exclamation points. It's terribly exhausting. Yes, it is. It's also to speak. It's Haas. Haas? What? You see, I get that Crowley is hurt, but in the context, and in the context of the story, obviously, it kind of, it sits, but I never understood why he is hurt as much as he is. Maybe there's some subtext in whatever happened back in London in his life that I don't understand sufficiently. Maybe there's like cues only native speakers understand. I don't know, but I don't get it. Because it's not like Aziraphale didn't warn him. He texted, and given that part of the situation might have been not making too much noise so Gabriel doesn't hear them, isn't actually a bad solution. And... Yes, of course, saying those things, hearing those things, wasn't particularly comforting. But he already knows all of the context with Gabriel, and he already knows how much Aziraphale suffers with that boss, and he acknowledges in the situation that Aziraphale is panicked and basically disassociated, how he can then be so hurt about something that happened very clearly, without conscious intent, I don't see where the fight comes from, is what I'm saying. Maybe I'm just too much like Aziraphale in that situation. I'm just not... If my partner doesn't mean to hurt me, yes, they can still hurt me. Of course they can. And sometimes that happens. That's just how people are. But that's just the point. Sometimes people are just people, like Crowley says in the show. Sometimes they just screw up. And if you're in a, in a relationship, and yes, admittedly, this is a young relationship, but still, if you're in a relationship, you forgive each other. And you learn how, how each other tick, and then you glance over stuff like that. And maybe that's the first situation in this specific relationship where that would have needed to happen. And yes, that can be, you know, a challenge early on, but, but I still... After having read the story three times, I still don't get it. So if there's something I'm not seeing, I'd really love to hear from you. Because, as I said, I can relate and I can emote and I can act the shit, but I'm not, I don't, fun I fundamentally don't understand what his problem is and why his problem has the scale that it does. I think that's my main issue. Yes, there is a problem. Yes, there is a fight. But it doesn't have to be like this is extinction-level event. That's for a couple of chapters. It is. Being angry, yes. But this kind of angry? This kind of hurt? No. Never mind. TED Talk end. Parked in Anathema's driveway with four bottles... Bottles... I mean, we already live together, work together, own a house together. Why do we need some fancy piece of paper to say what we already have? Why you need to marry in that situation? Legal certainty. 
so that you can inherit, so that you can make medical decisions and get access to information about your partner's medical, whatever, if something happens. And to be able to sign paperwork stuff together, it's so much easier. I never wanted to marry when I was younger. And then I did a couple of years ago because it was, well, effectively for citizenship. But that's a whole different story. Mako? Marco? Let's talk about Marco. No, Mako. Whatever. I never watched. I think I even watched Pacific Rim years and years and years ago. And it's really not my thing. It's not that I don't get that he's angry. As I said, I don't get the magnitude of the thing. Do you remember... Um, which was it? I think it was some of Spock's car trouble. There's a similar situation there where gay, where Aziraphale isn't out and they're together in a cafe and his boss comes in and he isn't out at work. So he pretends he doesn't know Crowley. He's just the mechanic. And that's in that fic. It's so crystal clear why this is so hurting. Because Crowley had told him that that's what his ex had done over and over, publicly denouncing him. So that he, it was Aziraphale repeating that same gesture, and that made it an, an extinction-level event. I don't see this here. And Crowley doesn't know why he's so angry. And yes, it's fucking stupid, but stupidity is not what you get this angry over, is it? Or is it just me? it's actually hard to act this shit because if you don't understand the emotion that's going through his head how are you displaying it anyway it's gonna be good enough and there's something in his chest that's something in his and for the rest of the summer crowley's going to spend every minute with aziraphale wondering when it's going to happen again He'll be preparing for it, so that next time, maybe it won't hurt so much. And that's what I don't get. As they head back into the nearby town to finish the fets... Fets? Some, some cayenne pepper. Cayenne pepper, yeah. Showing her the thirty-some-year-old roots, the thickness of some of the vines. I get that he doesn't want anyone else tending them, but he can't harvest all of that on his own. We know what he doesn't harvest. They must have, someone must have seen it. Crowley sighs. Fuck shake. He lets it go until the thoughts begin to fur. He lets it go until the thought, until the th Aziraphale doesn't trust... Aziraphale doesn't trust... Verizon. Verizon. It has to be French. Nothing more than fog and mist. Maybe a brief spell of, humini of humidity. Not humility. When there's rain falling upon you from above, yet you can look into the sky and see the streaks of sunlight through clouds... What on earth is that? Not UK weather, I tell you. There's no blue at the horizon anywhere. It's just grey, grey, grey and wet. Which is why i got to pause every time a car drives by, because on wet streets they're too loud to be filtered out. German is so much easier. 
And he tosses it. And he tosses it. God, I hate him. Cheese. Anyone else here? Cheese by Tim Minchin here. I hate him. I hate him. I hate him. Why did I want to do this? We will come out stronger. You're a Trump voter, aren't you? Ugh, I hate him. We don't need to talk about the rating, honestly. But she said she'd never seen a truer Leo. I always hated Leos until I married one. Weakness is coming up, people. I told you I wasn't perfect. You said the opposite. I hate him. I hate him. I hate him. I hate him. God, he's drunk. I prefer when everything is just going swell. <sighs> I have never had this concoction before, but it's amazing. Proud of that one. Maybe I shall order another drink and talk to Michael about it. Poor Michael. Lord, it's over. Thank you. Would you like to... Come to bed with me. 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 Crowley asks, holding out a hand. Holding out a hand. <coughs> hand. Is it must hit Aziraphale. <coughs> it must hit Aziraphale. Oh, fuck. Come on, give me my script back. <sighs> the script is unfortunately over 400 pages. Opening it on your mobile when it accidentally closes takes a moment. And it shouldn't take this long. It's still loading. Oh, come on. There, only 20 seconds. You can fuck right off, laptop. This is too loud. Why are you so loud? The words inside of him have changed. And then a long bit extra prose. A dick pic or that golden retriever puppel Puppel? Warlock's very good at comp Warlock's very good at compartmentalization. Warlock's very good at comment part. No. Either way. It's clear that the next big steps in this fi It's clear that the next spi- Same as always, Crowley shoots back. In food and coffee. Is that really a business model? I mean, if you do it for a weekend or for a week, yes, I can get that. But they're harvesting for three months. People have lives. People need to pay rent. After his fall from grace, he has a sixth sense about what- Sixth sixth sen six sixth sense about when that's happening and introduce him as his partner, his chosen, his one. I can never hear one, the one, without hearing Dan Savage in my head saying there is no one, there's a point six eight you round up to one. motorcycles. He has Martin, Worth Anthony and Shoes dragging out the bins, while Claire, 
The Sams and Martin are setting up on the picnic tables. Can't be Martin. Martin is there twice. The two areas of old vines, not two acres. Cupid and I just angel. Fuck. This is the third time this motorcycle has driven past here just in this recording. And I want to kill the driver because he's obviously driving to be as loud as possible. When he pulls out the Shern, he tw Shern. Tricycle, because motorcycles aren't enough. Dual monitors, dual monitors, both touch, both touch screens and a keyboard that lights up in whatever color he likes best. I regularly work with three screens, one for a script, one for my main audio and one for all of the assets that I need. <laughs> or reading, writing, backup information when I'm writing academic papers. Or files communication and browsing for just everyday use. It's always perfect having three screens. With the amplitude turned way down. See if I can reproduce that in editing. you, he says, and hopes that everything he means comes out in his voice. And so do I.